Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please help me giving a warm welcome to Brad Miller. Brad, come on up, man. <laughs> that was good, right? That was good. <laughs> All right, grab a chair, Brad. Pull it forward. Pick your favorite. All right. Where are we sitting? Anywhere up here where people can see us. Here we go. Okay, so... Cool here. Come up here so these side people. There you go. All right. So um, t- first, just uh, talk about what Awareness Tech does and, and how you found the deal and, and the revenue it was doing when you found it. Sure. Um, so I was previous to that running another business uh, called Perimeter, um, which was an internet security business. We had just sold uh, half the business to Goldman Sachs. And as usual, when these things happen, you know, I was there for two years. Uh, and then looking to go do something else. I was looking at buying another company uh, for Perimeter, which, um, but as I was leaving, I decided to buy it for myself. Um, and, uh, and so that business turned out to be Awareness Tech. Um, Awareness Tech was also a secure internet security company, more of, uh, more of a software business. It had both a consumer, a B2C and a B2B play. Um, but on the consumer side, it was basically helping parents monitor and control their kids online. And on the B2B side, it was uh, employee, uh, employers uh, monitoring and managing their employees' productivity. And what was top line and bottom line in 2010 when you found them? Uh, they were about $5 million in revenue, losing one. And then what did you do in the first year? Well, they had a weird... Um, now, these guys are really, really smart, but... And I'll tell you an interesting story in a second, which I don't think I've ever told you. Uh, they're really smart guys, but they did a really dumb thing. They had a business set up as a software as a service business, but they sold the product as if it was a one-time sale. And so they had an ongoing relationship with the customer who would log in and you know forever, but only get paid once. And so we converted the business from a one-time payment to a subscription, and that added $2 million of revenue overnight. So it went from five million to seven million, and as all that revenue was profit, the business went from losing a million to making a million. I will tell you that um, the funny thing was, uh, the two years they worked for me afterwards, they were really building another business on the side, and um, uh, and I didn't like paying them a lot of money to build another business. So to shut me up, they offered me ten percent in their new venture, which was a protein bar company. 
don't ask me why uh they were bodybuilders and i was like i the the world does not need another protein bar company uh, they later sold it for a billion dollars if you if, See, you never told me on the show you told me the bar name you're not you haven't told them yet tell them the bar <laughs> Qu- name quest bar i don't know if you've heard of it of course um, but, that's uh, crazy you didn't yeah. tell me that yeah, yeah you will you didn't have to pay for 10 percent quest you just made them feel guilty well they offered it to me and i turned it down and then they give you, and they, oh, you didn't take it. I didn't take it. Oh, Worst Brad, decision. you're an idiot. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, yep. Why didn't you take it? Why wouldn't you have said, of course? Because I could didn't feel right paying them to not work at my company in return for 10% of a piece of crap protein bar company. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone's perfect. That's incredible. Yep. I didn't know that. So I'm, 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 I'm not shitting money out of my ass yeah. now, am I? <laughs> 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 okay, so you go from okay, and you didn't say the purchase price. So the company oh, was five, losing one. What'd you pay? We paid uh, six million. Six for, million, and how'd you fund the six million? Uh, well, five and a half million. Uh, myself and a, and a financial partner split it fifty fifty, and we did a little bit of bank debt uh, on top of that. Um, a million bucks of bank debt to fund, you know, the purchase price and some other expenses and all that kind of stuff. And but, so you start so. scaling this 2011, 7 million revenue, 1 million profits. Did you take dividends out this year or you waited till next year? No, the next year. But then, so then we finally got them off the payroll so that I wouldn't take the 10% that would have made me a hundred million dollars. Um, and so, but it did save me four hundred and five hundred thousand dollars of payroll. So the business hey, you, went if from. You want to put lipstick on that? But you go ahead. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a hundred million dollar loss to me. Uh, so then we were making a million and a half, and then we grew a little bit more, and it, you know it grew to you know maybe two million. Uh, then we acquired a, a, a small company. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get yeah. everyone on the timeline here. So yeah. this is what people don't take dividends. I don't know why. I mean, you've heard some of it. Some folks take Bridget kicked us off talking about dividends, but like you should take dividends, right? So, um, I mean, this is accurate, right? One, three, six. Is that about right? Uh, well, it was a total of 12. So um, there was 1 million for a couple of years and then it, it grew to three, then grew to six. But yes. Just because that's not in 2016, that's not revenue. That's the, what you took out, dividends, six Correct. million dividends. Correct. Yeah. yeah, we we took out double what we put in before we sold it. Yeah, it's incredible. So it made back more than the five million again before he sold it. Now, um, what I want to touch on here a bit um, is inorganic growth, which you were just about to go into. So talk about the first acquisition here. Um, so another funny story. Um, I, uh, I missed out on Cliff Bars too. <laughs> no, I, I came home one day for dinner and my wife had made dinner and the kids were upstairs and they were younger. They had phones and she was like, old okay, pe- we old people don't have phones. What the- <laughs> no, no, but you know, the, <laughs> okay. uh, they, yeah, so they, I mean, they, they were young kids, you know, and so she was like, all right, I got to get the kids, you know, she called the kids down for dinner. They didn't come. And she goes, wait a second. And she like pulled up her phone and started tapping shit on her phone and put the phone down, all proud of herself, waited, counted to five. And all of a sudden we heard the kids come down and I was like, what would you do? And she's like, oh, it's the it's the greatest it, it's the greatest parental app ever. You know, I, it's uh, I can shut off their iPhones, you know, remotely. And I was like, do you know what business I'm in? <laughs> and so she had found this other parental app online. Um, and, um, and so then I went and bought the company. And, and it was growing. <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm shocked you didn't lose this deal because what you told me was when you started negotiating, they were doing like the LOI, they were doing 50K they were a doing month. Fi- they were doing 50,000 a month when we uh, were negotiating. Um, and uh, the... 
the by the time we closed it, the five months later, it was doing a hundred thousand, and then a year later, it was doing. They asked you to pay double them between the LOI and the closing docs. They did, but I didn't budge. I hung up the phone and didn't answer the phone for three days, and then they came back begging me to close the original deal <laughs> because they had already spent the money. You know, it, it was it was just a one guy. It was a guy and his wife, and they had already, you know, they had bootstrapped it, and it was three million bucks, and they were, you know, all cash up front for them. It was half and half. It was okay. half. Uh, we did a fifty percent up front, and then fifty percent if once the revenue passed a threshold, which it pretty much already did by the time the deal closed. So and this was twenty sixteen. So now with yeah. this first acquisition plus the core business, what was total revenue in twenty sixteen? Uh, it was kind of approaching twelve million at that point, and that's the same year you took out six million in dividends, right? No, we we were taking uh, we didn't take out this final six until twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So. so that's for does that first deal make sense? Any any questions on the first deal from anyone? You can just yell them out. It, it was just on a run rate, and it just you didn't know when it was going to stop, you know. But it's a it good just, problem to have. Right? It just kept going and. <laughs> You know. All right. So you buy it. You get that deal done. Um, you like how that felt. And you said, uh, Brad wants more. Talk to us about the second acquisition in 2018. So our biggest competitor, uh, this is also an odd story, uh, was a company called Variato. And at my previous business that uh, I sold to Goldman, I was trying to buy them too. I got outbid heavily because they got sold for $45 million to two VCs. And it was a nice you know, business doing 15 million of revenue, making 6 million of profit. Um, and then once, uh, so when I saw Awareness Tech, which was like a number two to them, I was like, oh, okay, I've seen this movie before. You know, if we can only grow this business a little bit, we can make a lot of money. Um, and it was a two horse race between them and us. And so they were always our daddy, if you will, for a long time. And, uh, but then um, they started to shrink and do badly uh, for a variety of reasons. And I got a call one day from a VC who said, would you be open to being for sale? And I said, I don't know, maybe. And they said, well, you would make a great tuck-in acquisition for another company we're looking at buying. And I knew there, were, there could only be one other company they could be talking about. And I was like, they must be for sale. Um, and so uh, I called up my investor who knew their investor and we started a process and they were starting to crash badly. We started a negotiation where we were gonna pay them $19 million on a, then they were doing 12 million of revenue. But by the time we closed the deal, they, um, they were on a $8 million run rate and they had run out of money and they couldn't meet payroll. So we bought it for three and a half million. Uh, um, that's a round of applause moment. I mean, so, holy crap. Um, yeah. I mean, I imagine for anyone thinking about uh, buying tuckins for their own business, they're going, how do I find a deal like that? So, I mean, give how, I mean, is it luck? Can you program that? I guess it was partial luck. I mean, we got a call from a VC thinking that we'd be a good tuckin for that one. So we knew they would be for sale and we figured, well, why not take a look at it? Because we were now pretty profitable business, you know, and... Uh, we thought we could afford, you know, we could, you know, finance it, and and in fact, when we first looked at it, and based on the numbers they sh they shared, they were doing well. You know, they were doing twelve million of revenue, making a couple million, and we felt we could take out three million dollars of cost. So we were we had a term sheet to finance, you know, all nineteen million of the purchase price, 
Uh, but every time we turned around, instead of doing two and a half million or three million a quarter, they were at one and a half million a quarter. And every month we waited, the revenue just kept falling and falling and falling. And I mean, it was just one of these things where we just, if, if, if you hang around the hoop long enough, you'll pick up a trash basket. You know? <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to put that on a shirt for you. Next interview, I want to wear that one. Um, but uh, so uh, I guess the, the comp for maybe like Bridget, right? You can book me, right? Is if she's looking at maybe buying other companies, the best way for her to get deal flow like the deal flow you got is to maybe bluff that she would be willing to be a tuck-in to a private equity firm's other <laughs> scheduling tool and then reverse it. I think the message is just be in the flow, right? Just talk to a lot of people, be in the flow. And you, the more flow you're in, the more options you have. Yep. You know, swipe right as often as possible. And, <laughs> Fair. You know, Fair. you're that guy. Options. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. Now you buy the company, and then you cut 30 people. Right. Talk to us about how that impacted bottom line. Uh, they went from losing money to making two million dollars, and so we were. Uh, before we bought them, we were, um, you know, a twelve million dollar business making four at this point, and they added. Um, they were eight and two now. And so now we were 20 and six, and then we said, okay, time to sell the business and keep going. And, um, and so we closed that deal in, um, you know, uh, mid 2019. And, uh, we were, um, we uh, were talking to people to buy it in early 2020 and closed the deal late 2020 for, uh, 35 million which was on top of the 12 million. That we so if we sum this full story up, there's a lot of moving pieces. We take the 5 million of initial investment. Okay, mm -hmm. so you, let's make it a dollar, right? So you put a dollar in, you turn that dollar into what over 10 years? Uh, well, 12 and 37, so 47. So five, um, five, you know, uh, nine times. Nine, $1 to $9 on a 5 million base. It's pretty good, right? Good so, story. Okay, so the story gets more interesting. Um, can we go there? Yeah, we can. Okay, we can. we're going to go there. Uh, story gets, he has to, cause it's already on the next slide. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but before we do that, any questions about just M&A strategy here in general? Um, just raise your hand if you've got one, how he bought these companies, anything. All right. Yeah. Fire away. What's your name? Alex. Fire away. Quasi distressed or healthy. Um, well, uh, the first one was growing. So when I bought Awareness, it had grown from one to three to five. So it was growing. Um, but they were more consumer than corporate, and they were struggling growing in corporate. They were trying to sell the business as a B2B business. And when you read the book, it looked like it was a B2B business. But when you looked at the numbers, it was a B2C business. And the number of buyers for a B2C business is much lower than the number for a B2B business. And so it was distressed in that, in that it was badly packaged. They were hoping to get a B2B multiple, but you know, their book was overly ambitious for who they were. Um, and I had just looked at buying their competitor, Variato, which was, you know, 50-50 B2B, B2C. So I knew there was a B2B opportunity, a B2B market. And so you know, relative to them, they were maybe on the consumer side, they was like two thirds, one third uh, of the market. And on the B2B side, it was like 10 to one. And so I knew there was a gap in the B2B market that they could fill um, that they were struggling to do. 
And as it turned out, they, they were, were consumer guys. They knew how to sell protein bars and to consumers. Uh, and so they were, uh, they had come up with a good technology. They just couldn't figure out how to grow it out of it, out of their original consumer market. So very distressed. Very distressed. Sorry. All right. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. Fire away up here. Yeah, Gil. You were the investor. Thank you. If you were the investor uh, of that initial company, what advice would you give them so that they avoid that shark move? What would I give? What? What Wait. advice would you give them so that they end up better? Wait, hold on. Which company? Which this company? One, this one that he bought? Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one that the VCs put 45 in. Oh, the 45 million in? Uh-huh. Oh, well, so you're going to hear a second part of this of my story, which will emulate that this story, which is the VCs bought the business from the original founders and decided the original founders weren't smart enough. These are the guys that grew it from zero to 15 million and making six million in profit. To me, those guys are geniuses. They got rid of those guys and hired professional management. So Gil, keep control of your board. (laughs) So I I would tell those VCs, professional management isn't always the right answer. All right, do you guys want to go into the next part of the story? That's a very good question because it's a great segue. It is. All right, so <laughs> you sell it at 20, about $20 million revenue in mm-hmm. 2020. What happens next? Uh, well, um, uh, f- well, so the short answer is the, the, the business will do $10 million in revenue this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> they brought in, guess what? Professional management. And professional management spends all their time hiring $2 million of overhead to, you know, the best people, the greatest people. Um, and, um, uh, they, and they don't actually manage the business day to day. And so they're adding cost in the business on one end and the business is starting to decline on the other. Um, they, they decided... Um, we used to manage the business on a cash basis. So uh, because we were very pay-per-click oriented, we needed to see sales, cash sales today so we could measure the success Quantify of our... That. How much were you doing in, in monthly PPC you were managing? 300K a month, you know, and um, so over, you know, three, four million a year. And, um, and so it was, it was the biggest source of our revenue. And so we had to really carefully see, we spend a dollar, we get back blank dollars. We had to really watch that. They change the business to a gap basis right away where you don't see the day-to-day revenue. Um, and gap basically underestimates your revenue if you're growing, but overestimates your revenue if you're shrinking because gap is an historical average over your last 12 months. And so the drop in revenue, they didn't know was happening because they weren't looking at the cash sales, they were looking at the gap revenue. And so we'd show up at these board meetings and I'm still on the board and they would show the gap revenue and I'd be like, I can't make heads or tails of this. I mean, can someone show me the cash revenue? And they're like, oh, we're professional now. We don't do things on a cash basis. We do them on a gap basis. And then one day I show up at a board meeting. Come on, can we be specific? Not one day, like two, a couple months ago. Yeah, three months ago, I show up at a board meeting in March. They're high-fiving and chest-bumping over what a how great the management is. Um, somebody in, in the audience here asked me, um, you know, uh, is this your company? And they showed me the website. And I was like, and I, I didn't recognize it, but it took me a minute to realize that it was because they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, trying to polish up a non e commerce website 
um, and adding brackets to our uh, logo. <laughs> Just those brackets. Um, so $100,000 brackets. And uh, so between hiring $2 million of overhead and putting in time into brackets and, uh, and a website that doesn't produce money, um, that's where the time went, but not watching the day-to-day running of the business. And so March, we're at a board meeting. Everyone's high-fiving and chest-bumping. And then the bank payment is due March Well, they 31st. don't know why there's a bank payment. You got to tell them that first. Oh, well, they bought our company using a lot of debt, um, which was fine when we were making $6 million a year, uh, but not so fine when you're not making $6 million a year. Uh, and... Um, uh, and then, you know, at the end of the month, they turned around and there was no cash in the kitty. And they told the banks they couldn't make the bank payment, the principal or the interest. Um, this bank was, these are your friends. I mean, Oh, they were your- my original bank that re-upped when, uh, in our deal. Um, I mean, we were a much smaller loan. We had a loan with them, but not like that. And, uh, and so, yeah, they just... The, the money was gone and nobody knew where it went and uh, you know and it was uh, you know and uh, and there's and they're in restructuring um, and um, right now oh yeah right now and they haven't made an, a bank payment or an interest payment since March and they might not for quite a while um, my prediction was gonna, this guy's gonna buy it back for a dollar he's gonna be in New York <laughs> he noting he's gonna, there's gonna be another thing on this graph and it's gonna say I bought it back for a dollar and now it's growing again well, they're they're not desperate enough yet. So the the <laughs> the um, the the VC has put in another three million bucks to fund. So it's not only not making six; they're actually losing money. Because of course, when you go from twenty to ten million in revenue, and it's you know that's a lot of lost profit, and you add two million dollars of cost, you know that math doesn't work well. So it's like losing money quickly, and. Uh, and so they're putting more money into the business, which is good. I'm, you know, I approve of that. Um, but, you know, so we'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> on that note, give this guy a round of applause. Brad Miller, Awareness <laughs> Tech. <laughs> Dude, un- unbelievable. Hell of a story. I'm the, I'm the, you know, I'm the guy that lost $100 million by not. <laughs> yeah. This story's, but we'll stick to this one next <laughs> <Okay>. time. <laughs> this one. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate right. that, man. Thank you, yep. Right. Thanks, thanks, thanks.